Welcome to the Scales and Tails podcast, where we unveil the secrets to weight loss. I'm your host, Brianna Fia Keen, accredited practicing dietitian, mum of four, and foodie fanatic who is constantly hungry because I talk about food all day long. Wouldn't that make you hungry too? Join me as I delve into the essential pillars that shape your weight loss journey, including mindset and motivation, nutrition and healthy eating, exercise and fitness, effective weight loss strategies, behavior change and habits, sleep and stress, and nurturing a positive body image through self-care. Are you ready to embark on a transformative journey with me and my guests? I'm here to help you. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the Scales and Tails podcast. I didn't plan on having this guest that we are joined today with on this season of the podcast. However, my 90-year-old Nuna has come up from Victoria. For those of you who aren't in Australia, it's a 20-plus hour drive away from where I am. And I thought it would be a really good opportunity for me to interview her on her food philosophy. Um, And I'm sure there's lots and lots that many of you could learn and find interesting about her relationship with food. So welcome, Nuna. Thank you, Brianna. (laughs) So... My Nona has just turned 90 earlier this year. She is still very, very mobile, playing bowls, golf, does her own gardening, does her own meal prep and cooking every day, um, and very, very active for her age. But I want to go back a few years um, and then we'll talk a little bit about how food has evolved for her over you know, the last 90 years. So, Nona, your parents were Italian. Mm -hmm. Your brothers were born in Italy and you were born here in Australia. So brought up in Australia with lots and lots of Italian heritage. So tell us a little bit about what food was like for you when you were growing up. We had a lot of pasta, a lot of risotto, a lot of chicken broth, Um, not so many meat and veggies like we have now. Uh, it was more just mum and dad used to make their own salami, they make their own sauerkraut, um, uh, kill their own, had their own chickens and um, we just sort of, we had food that was, um, what do you say, um, food that, Hunter and gatherer lifestyle. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fresh food fresh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. food directly. You, you we know, ate, from we, we, we ate pigeons and rabbits <laughs> and quail. Yes, I remember <laughs> and, and, going and, duck shooting and wild duck. Yeah, and lots and lots and lots of rabbits and that sort of stuff, and brains, and lamb fry and bacon, lots, lots of, of chips, offal. lots of offal. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what does your diet look like now and how is that different? Totally different because I worked in a deli next door to the butcher shop was next door to the deli and the offal and all of that stuff came in a big bag and that put me completely off it. 
I learned that you went to the factory where they make the ham and stress bean and all that stuff and saw what they did there. So I learned you don't eat manufactured meat. Um, so I then started cooking my own silver side and um, pickled pork and um, chicken and stuff that you was all healthy. Yeah. And so how was Australian cuisine introduced into your Italian family? Do you remember what that transition was like? Um, was it as you become more independent cooking for yourself as you, you know, got married or was it more when you were younger? No, no, when, when we were married and we had, when we were married, before, oh, this was before I went to the deli, of course, before I even went to work, we had, um, because we had five kids and we couldn't afford to, Buy stuff. We would have saveloys mm-hmm. and vegetables. Mm-hmm. We would have Sunday morning. We would have sausages and onion and gravy. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning we would have egg flip, and the kids used to make salt and toast fingers, and we used to put a little teeny wee bit of sherry in the egg flip, <laughs> and the kids used to dip it into the egg flip and that little salt into the egg flips. Um, and then we had a friend who did a lot of rabbiting, so we ate a lot of rabbit. Um, so we had stuff that really wasn't healthy in those days because we couldn't afford to eat proper food, proper, mm-hmm. proper food. But as we got older, as I got older and, and the kids grew up and and uh, went their own way, we uh, started then eating more better food. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, you know, in the current times with interest rates still going up, you know, there's probably many families around who don't have as much income as they would like in the food budget. Do you have any tips for them on how they can, you know, stretch that dollar and still choose healthier foods? Oh, I'm a little bit extravagant with food. <laughs> you are now, but you were also at one point in time a mother of five. Yeah. So how would you make meals last longer? Well, we used to have um, we we, some, we we would have um, say silver side for instance, and we'd left over we'd put it in batter and and fry it yeah. and have that with veggies. Yep. Or roast beef and have that in batter. And so that, batch cooking larger meals and, that, and using and that, them for leftovers. And that went over with the leftovers. Yeah. Or we used to make, um, yeah, we used to, you, you always found some way to make things. Stretch like, a little bit Stretch longer. a little bit, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. And so if we fast forward to now, now that you're on your own, you know, tell us a little bit about what your food philosophy is. You grow your own food and have done for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What have you got in the garden at the moment? Oh, I've got, what did I say they were? Um, uh, purple beans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I always have I always have silver beet spinach and lettuce growing all year round. Uh, but at the moment I've got beetroot, uh, purple beans, uh, tomatoes on the way, green pepper, eggplant. I love eggplant uh, because I can use eggplant. I can pickle it. I suppose you wouldn't call it pickle it, but Nonna used to boil a little bit of 
vinegar and preserve it. Water, preserve it and put yeah. it in. Yeah. Um, anyway, I have all those things that are all good things and make chutney and pickles and stuff. Uh, and so do egg. you plan your meals around what you have in the garden? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I always have frozen silver beet, spinach, uh, tomatoes, as in. To, from your garden. From a garden, yeah. 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 Yep. And beans, yeah. Yeah. And then I told you I'll buy the cauliflower and I just break the florets off and put them in the freeze in a sip bag, put them in and they're still fresh but they're frozen because I freeze them myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have like to have meals that I can have to make two meals out of a meal. Yeah. As in I'll buy a a lamb backstrap mm -hmm. and I'll have might cook that tonight and have half of that with meat and veggies and I've got enough for a sandwich tomorrow. I'll buy a pork fillet and I'll cut that in half and I'll fry half and make a roast with it and then keep a little bit for a sandwich the next day, stir fry with the other half. I just do those sort of things that I can sometimes with the lamb backstrap I might make a little bit of a curry with it, mm -hmm. which make, gives me two meals that I'll have for two meals. And, um, and takeaway is not really a big no, part no, of no, your no. weekly, monthly, no, annual never. intake. <laughs> never, never, never have takeaway. No. So if you were looking for an easy night's meal or a, you know, no fuss, low cook meal and you didn't have something to heat and eat in the form of leftovers, you know, what would you have? I'd have a couple of poached eggs on toast with a bit of avocado, um, a bit of avocado and... Or a bit of soup that you've got out of the freezer. I always have homemade soup in the freezer. Always have you make... ever had anything other than homemade soup? Only my own homemade soup. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Nuna is very famous for Nuna's soup. Mm -hmm. All the grandkids know about Nuna's soup. Um, so food is very, very minimally processed in your life, I guess you could say. Yes. Yes. And you're a bit of a creature of habit. You have the same thing for brekkie, the same thing for lunch. And yes, I do. Variations of the oh, same thing for dinner. Of, instead of having a sandwich, I might have my salmon or tuna or cold meat that I cook myself, either on a dry biscuit or on a sandwich. Um, yeah, and, and alternate that a bit, yeah. Or, or a lot of times I'll have a – I've got silver side left over some meat. I might make a salad. And just cut the meat up into the salad and boil an egg and make mm -hmm. a salad and have that for lunch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you're always making time to prepare healthy meals. Yes. Yeah. So I've had this conversation with you before in that, you know, cooking gives you something to do and you look forward to it and you enjoy it. Yes. Um, what's your opinion on, I guess, processed food? So having worked in the deli and seeing that in real life, do you have any advice for anyone who's listening um, on foods that are processed? Well, they're not good for you. Um, they're not good for you because they're not real meat. They're not real. They're processed and they're not real, real meat and real chicken meat and real stuff. And what about things that are low-fat or sugar-free? Oh, well... I don't use sugar. I don't even have sugar in the pantry except in packets of sugar for yeah. anybody that comes and says, oh, I have raw sugar if I stew 
Paul has a le a, an apple tree and he brings me apples and I stew them in raw sugar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or if I have any fruit in the summertime when it's um the peaches and apricots and that are out, then I'll stew them, but I still use a little bit of raw sugar. Uh, the, the, actually, the, the apples that Paul's bought me, I don't even put sugar in them because they're off his tree and they're sweet enough. And so you have quite a few friends and family, Paul being one of her sons, um, that bring you food and, you know, you give them food from your garden. They'll bring things from their I garden. Friend, a friend, I have a friend who keeps brings me an occasional rabbit uh, or occasional um Oh, a little different Italian variety of like artichoke stuff with egg, plant with uh, breadcrumbs and bacon and stuff, and just cooked in a oil and um, stuffed peppers and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And living in the country, there's always fresh fish coming in from people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think God has given me some um, some uh, fish from up here somewhere. She went, her husband went fishing and he's. When I go home, I'll have that to, to yeah. have when I get back home again. How lucky are you? Mm, very lucky. And so speaking of family and friends, entertaining is a big part of your life mm -hmm. um, and food is usually at the centre of all of that. Mm -hmm. What do you have anything to share about, you know, food and entertaining and social situations with you know, relation to how you entertain and how you socialise and, and food? Oh, we'll have a circle of friends that I play bowls with, that I go out with. Or that we have drinks every Wednesday night or a Wednesday night and a Friday night and every second every second Thursday I go out for dinner with a group of friends. The Wednesday and Friday nights, one's a golf girls I play golf with, and uh, Wednesday nights, the girls I play bowls with, and we have biscuits and cheese and olives and all that sort of rubbish that we like an antipasto plate, yeah, which we shouldn't eat. But then on those nights, I make sure that I've got a salad or something left over from the night before that I can eat. Um, there's not a lot. Something a bit lighter when you get home. When I get home, mm -hmm. yeah, because we only have it from five to seven, so in that short time, we don't have a lot. Yeah, we don't have a lot to eat. Yeah. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that having, say, some crackers and cheese and some fruit is a bad thing at all. Well, um, we always have grapes or stuff with our cheese and biscuits. We always have fruit in season with our cheese and biscuits. Yeah, so it's not, so, you know, what I would say energy-dense food. It's no, no, still no, quite no, nutritious no, food. No, no. And you're aware of, you know, your hunger and fullness mm -hmm. and, and not overindulging. That's right. Um, and it's more a part of the socialisation that you're looking forward to. That's right. Mm -hmm. exactly. What about family events and how food is integrated into that? Oh, that's big. <laughs> <laughs> so I often say that, you know, in my family that food is their love language. So food is, you know, I remember when I was a very young kid and I would go and stay with Nuna and Nunu and I would hop into their bed in the morning and the first thing that they would say is, what are we going to have for dinner? I'm like, hang on, we haven't even got out of bed and had breakfast yet. We're already talking about dinner. <laughs> so food was something that was talked about, oh, talked about all the time. Oh, I talked about and still is. And still is because definitely. when the family all get together, it's all about food. Yes. 
and there could be 40 of us, but it's all about food and what we're going to eat and what we're going to And I think that they all just genuinely really appreciate good food. Yes. Um, But it's not just the food itself, I guess, because there is so many of us. It's the fact that the food is bringing everybody together. That's right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what Mm -hmm. they value out of that. Mm -hmm. And that's what family is all about. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I would say that you eat what I would call a traditional Mediterranean-style eating plan, although I I would gen, usually generally see probably more plant-based proteins in a Mediterranean-style diet, diet um, which is probably not something that you have a lot of. My mum has been known to try and influence the family with some of her legume-based meals, <laughs> but not necessarily with a lot of success. <laughs> Uh, but you do have a, a diet rich in in fish, in um, you know eggs and uh, lots of veggies. One night a week it's eggs, and one night uh, only one night a week it's. Or sometimes I have a, bo- a boiled egg with my salads. Yes, but Saturday or Sunday, if I've been playing bowls on Saturday and I'm late home, it'll be eggs on toast, mm. avocado, mm. plus all the. Sauce you put on top of it, the what do you call it? Sauce? Hollandaise. Hollandaise sauce you put on top of it, and avocado, which is probably fattening, but it's still. Well, good avocado food. is a fat, but it's a still, plant. Still good food. Still a good fat. Mm-hmm. But I guess the biggest thing that you know is a part of the Mediterranean diet that we haven't touched on is alcohol. Mm-hmm. So you know you, we all know that you enjoy a glass of wine. Or two. Or two. <laughs> um, and it is most nights. Um, and that is completely fine. You know, a part of that Mediterranean-style diet is the inclusion of wine in particular because of the antioxidant properties of it. Um, some of the other aspects of the Mediterranean diet are, you know, eating in company. And so it all does go together. Um, and I have a saying that, you know, the Mediterranean-style diet tends to be the answer to most people's problems. Um, and I guess you're living proof proof that it has done new wonders in terms of ageing well. Um, and I so to finish off tonight, what's your advice to people about ageing well and how they can live, you know, a really nice healthy lifestyle from your experience, eating well and a lot of lots of exercise, being with people, having lots of friends and companionship, and taking part in a lot of um, activities or whatever you can. I do the garden. I have the garden. It's my what do I do apart from bowls and stuff. Um, yeah. And I think they're lovely words, you know, it's about moderation. It's about including lots of fresh foods and, you know, enjoying meals and foods with those that you love whilst you're staying active. Exactly. So thank you for joining us and sharing your words of wisdom on your philosophy of food from, you know, when you were young and very influenced by that Italian traditional Italian style diet and how you've moved towards, I guess, more Australianized diet, um, but still incorporating a lot of those Mediterranean style diet principles and how you blended them all together. 
So thank you for joining us and for all of our listeners. I hope that you found little bits and pieces of that conversation interesting um, and the words of wisdom from my 90-year-old Nona will hopefully see you through for 90 years just like her. Bye. Thank you, Brianna. That's all I have for you today. Another episode done and dusted here at Scales and Tales, unveiling the secret of weight loss podcast. I hope you found valuable insights and practical tips to support your weight loss journey. Remember, sustainable change takes time. So be patient and kind to yourself. I'd love for you to head to my website at yourfamiliesnutritionist.com.au. I so appreciate you being here, so thank you. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please reach out to me. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, then I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review so that others can find the podcast and have the opportunity to achieve something they've thought was impossible up until now. Between now and then, when I'm next in your ears, I hope you find the joy in the food you eat and get to share it with those you love, including yourself.